Hello, everybody, and welcome to All Cued Up, your review podcast tied to streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Disney Plus, etc., etc., etc. I'm your host, Greg Deeds, and with me always is Maya Don Fisher. How's your week been? Uh, well, it's been pretty good. Uh, I'm better. Uh, I feel much, much better uh, than I did last week, which fortunately it was just a mild cold. Um, but it just sucked because it's the first time I'd been sick in like four fucking years. I still have a little bit of lingering, like runny nose on occasion. I have to blow my nose a couple of times a day, but other than that, you know, I feel great. Uh, unfortunately now Misty's come down with it. That happens, um, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I guess the good thing about her getting sick is that she works from home, so. Yeah, exactly. You know, and. But, yeah, the week's been good. Uh, got a couple cute new dresses. Yay. Uh, like you give a shit, but still. Uh, got a. You know, got our regular D and D in. Uh, got this sweet, kick-ass uh, Masters of the Universe Mega Construct Snake Mountain in yesterday that I've had pre-ordered for quite a while, and it shipped last week, and it got here yesterday, and it'll it'll be awesome to set up next to the Castle Grayskull. Uh, it'll probably take me a week to fucking build the thing because there's like thirty-eight hundred pieces. Yeah. Which is even more than the Castle Grayskull. Uh, and that took me about 24 or 28 hours to build over several sessions. So I'll look for this to be approximately the same. But yeah, uh, other than that, things have been going pretty good. How's your week been? Uh, it's been all right. Um, it's... uh. Yeah, I, I can't say bad since the last we spoke. I mean, I I really got to find a different job. My um, So I have a story for everybody. Oh, boy. Um, my, my boss, the owner of the company I work for. So just for everyone to clarify, I don't work for U-Haul. I work for a guy named Steve, um, and it's his private company. He rents out storage units and RV spaces, but also does U-Haul stuff as well. He gets about a 20 to 15% uh, percent commission for every rental of a U-Haul truck or trailer. Um, with that out of the way, this story is a, an example of how he handles his business. And I don't get it. It is real dumb. So he constantly complains about having the trailers at his facility because U-Haul trailers, I think the most expensive is is $25 a day. Yeah, you're talking about the pull-behind ones. Yes, yes, yes. Not the not the, the box trucks. Okay. Or the vans or the or the pickup trucks. Um so yeah, the most expensive trailer that you can get is $25 per day, and it does not rate based on mileage. Because why would you do that? It's a trailer. Exactly, it's a trailer. You're pulling it behind. It's a flat rate. How much do you think he gets, percentage-wise, if he gets 15% of 25% of 25 bucks? Well, I mean, 10% would be 250 so, you know, 3 350 Right. He hates that. 
he has no interest in having those trailers there because he doesn't make any money off of them. By the time he's done paying whatever he has to pay, he's he's in the hole. So I, I understand that. He I understand he does not care about renting out the trailers. He has them there as a convenience for people. He's talking about getting rid of them, which I'm like, okay, that makes sense. However, um, what he also does, which makes no sense to me, is he'll he'll do some kind of weird shit that's a waste of his time, a waste of his breath. So this happened Sunday evening, um, and uh, like strap in, folks, because it is it is a wild situation. Guy calls on Wednesday prior to the Sunday I'm talking about, and he wants a four by eight enclosed trailer. Those are basically like trailers that are that are box trucks, but they're small. They're four four by eight. Um. Yeah, they still pull behind her. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, my 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 stepdad actually owns a trailer similar to that, like in that size. We used it when we moved. It's what he hauls his motorcycles in. So, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um. So so okay. So the four by eight. He wants the four by eight. He wants it for seven days. We don't carry a four by eight. We have a five by eight, but we don't have a four by eight. Or that facility doesn't. I'm sorry. I don't want to say we. Yeah. I don't want to work there for much longer. Um. So. Steve is like, okay, let me help you find one. So you go through the system and you look up other locations that might have one. And the closest location that had a four by eight was in Nevada. Mm. That's about a two to two and a half hour drive from where, from where we live. So understandably the guy's like, I'm not making that trip. Okay. I get, we get that, but that's the closest one that you haul has. And I'd be specific. That's the entirety of you haul. <laughs> So the guy was like, well, what do you have? And Steve goes, we have a 5 by 8 enclosed trailer. And there's plenty of those around, but that's all we got. And he's like, but I only need the 4 by 8 Can I get a discount? Now, at this point, I'm like, okay, he's just kind of a pain-in-the-ass customer. We've all dealt with those. Um, yeah. But the guy's not being belligerent. The guy's not being angry. He's just, if I'm only using 4 by 8 can I get a discount on the 5 by 8 You cannot. U-Haul doesn't do that. The guy no, was like, it's like if you if you rent a twenty seven foot truck, but you only need twenty feet of truck, you know you're still having to pay for that extra seven feet. Well, that was exactly what like the guy was complaining about. But here's here's the price difference between the four and the and, and the five. Three bucks. Three the, fucking dollars. The four by eight is fifteen dollars. The five by eight is eighteen dollars a day. So he's complaining about more than just three dollars, but because he's having it for he wanted it for seven days, but um, still, like he's complaining about three bucks. It's only a twenty-one dollar price difference after a week. Yep. So it's wild, but we've all dealt with those customers. Yeah. So how I would have handled it is just, you know, you have two options, dude. Five by eight or drive to Nevada. That's all I can tell you. If you want a discount or something, you can take that up with somebody higher than me. But, and the guy goes, the guy tells Steve, you know, oh, that's fine. I'll just, I'll just call corporate and see if they can do anything for me. Seems like great. 
you go ahead and do that. Good luck. It's not going to happen, but good luck. And that was that, right? Sunday rolls around. It's quiet. It's slow. Um, we're just chilling. All of a sudden, Steve goes, now see here, Greg, this is what I would do. And I'm just like, uh-huh. What would you do, Steve? What the fuck would you do? And he's like, you see that name on the list there? And I was like, yeah. He goes, I would call that name, call that number, and ask if they're going to be here to pick up that 5 by 8 trailer because they gave me a ration of shit on, on Wednesday. And I'm like, okay. That's when he tells me about the call they had. And he was like, so I pick up the phone. I call this guy. And I'm like, hey, just didn't, you know, we're just verifying that you're going to um, uh, pick up your trailer at 2.30. I have a scheduled pickup. And he goes, yeah, yeah. And I, but I have a discrepancy. And I'm like, of course you do. Because in my mind, I'm sitting there thinking, he's going to ask about this discrepancy when he comes in. Regardless, right? And we're going to tell him the same thing that we would tell anybody. Because we literally cannot change the, change the price. There's yeah. nothing any of us can do. That is a a 100% corporate U-Haul thing. So I explained that to him in sort of way. And he goes, all right, I'll just take that up with corporate. And there's no four by eights anywhere. I was like, nah. He goes, okay. So I got the phone with him and Steve was like, so he's going to be here? And I said, yeah. He's like, you know what what I'm going to do? And I was like, whatever you want to do, Steve. So Steve creates a fake account to look up to see if there's any four by eights in the area. Well, a, a mile away from us, this place called the Box Store, um, had a five by eight or four by eight, so like randomly. And Steve was like, okay, well, I'm going to transfer it. I'm going to call traffic because of the traffic department changes, uh, um, uh, pickups and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I'm just going to transfer it. And I thought, okay, cool. That's, that's great. Cause Steve doesn't care at that point. He's like, I'm not getting much money out of it anyway. So I'm just going to transfer. It. Makes sense to me. So Steve then says, but we're not going to call or text him. I I want him to walk in here and ask us if we have it. And then we're just going to send him to the box store. What? (laughs) Why? Why are you making this harder for us? So. So he makes the transfer. He calls traffic, makes the transfer. Now, traffic was supposed to text and or email the guy, you know, basically saying, hey, your 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 uh, uh, reservation changed, yada, yada, yada. Um, so Steve then calls the box store and says, hey, so... Um, there's this asshole that's going to come in later because he is picking up a four by eight and he's a, he's a complete dick and yada, yada, yada. And the box store people are like, I oh, will deal with him if he comes in if he's a dick. And I'm like, why are you calling a different store telling them that this customer's a dick? Like, what are you doing? It is so fucking bizarre. And now as you're hearing the story, you're like, why would you do this? Right. Uh, I go out and I'm helping customers. It's it's getting closer and closer to the time the guy's supposed to be there. So I I'm out there parking trucks after after signing a couple people in. And uh it's like 2:45 at this point. The guy showed up hella late. And he goes All of a sudden this guy goes, "Hey, hey, do you work here?" And I was like, "Yes, I do." And he goes, "So, was I would did I talk to you?" And I said, are you Mark Lopez? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, you talked to me. 
I probably shouldn't use full names, but whatever. Um, also, Lopez is a very common name, and so is Mark. So who cares? Um, good luck finding that one guy I'm talking about. Uh, so I was like, yeah, you talk to me. And he goes, so, so what the fuck is up with my reservation? And I said, right after I got off the phone with you, um, my boss in there, uh, the, the owner, he went and looked if there was one yada, and I tell him, the, I tell him the spiel, and he goes, so I can't rent the five by eight, and I was like, you can rent the five by eight, but you wanted a four by eight, from what I understand. I mean, you even said that to me on the phone. You wanted a discount because you wanted the four by eight. So we found like one came in, and we didn't know about it, but it's at the box store. And he was like, well, why didn't why didn't you guys text or call me? And I said, oh, tra- that was traffic supposed to do that. Traffic supposed to text and call you. Or not call you a text and email you, but he's like, I didn't get shit. And I was like, that's that we didn't we didn't anticipate that. That wasn't intentional. Like they should have contacted you. And he was like, he was getting like angry, but like also calm. And he, he looked at he goes, he goes, Is that your dad in there? And I went, God no. <laughs> <laughs> just a knee-jerk, God no. And he goes, Oh, he's used to work. I was like, Yeah, yeah, I've only been here for a month. And he goes, That guy in there is a complete dickhead. And I was like, you know, sure. <laughs> I'm not going to argue that. <laughs> and uh, he goes, so it's at the box store. I was like, yeah, it should be at the box store. We even called and double checked with them to make sure it was there. They're expecting you. And he was like, all right. And his dad's, the guy's dad standing there and he goes, well, why can't we get the five by eight? And I was like, I was like, again, we have the five by eight. You can pick it up right now. We just have to, you know, get it going for you and then, and then hook it up for you and you're out of here. But, you know, from what I understand, you wanted the four by eight. So we found a four by eight for you. And the guy was like, all right, uh, tell that guy in there to stop being such a dick. And like, and I was like, okay. So I go inside and Steve goes, well, did, did he hound you out there too? So I kind of, I tell Steve had a half truth because I'm like, I'm not telling you everything I said out there. Um, especially and, the uh, God now. Especially the God now. Um, so... A little bit of time passes. I'd say maybe 15 minutes. And Steve goes, oh, I need I need to call the box store and see what happened. Actually, let me let me go to his contract and see if he got it. So Steve looks up. He's like, okay, so he did pick it up. I'm going to call the box store and see what happened. So I go outside and I'm helping another customer park a van. I come back inside and Steve goes, um, so apparently he came into the box store and he was all pissed off about the situation calling us assholes. I'm sitting thinking like, what the fuck I do? How am I an asshole in this situation? Um, and uh, oh, oh, pardon me. Um, and uh, um, oh my god, what was it? Steve says, "Oh, that's what it was." So Steve, yeah, Steve calls them, and and um. They tell Steve that, like, the guy called us an asshole and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, that kind of whatever, you know, that's, it is what it is. Thinking, this ordeal is over. A few moments pass by and Steve goes, you know what? I'm going to put him on e-alert. <laughs> and I'm like, why? Why the fuck are you putting him on e-alert? Now, do you know what e-alert is? Uh, I'm going to say it's like a red flag on somebody's account. Uh but I'm oh, yeah. not sure exactly what 
the consequences of having an e-alert would be? Uh, so an e-alert is, is designed by U-Haul to basically say, don't rent to this person because of, of whatever reason it may or may not be. Um, for example, a person had come in um, recently and they tried to rent and they couldn't because they were on e-alert. When they call, because we have to give them a piece of paper that says, call this number, figure out what's going on, try to get them to clear it, and then we can we can rent to you. So this person goes and goes ahead and calls uh, U-Haul, and it turned out that they had an outstanding bill from like six years ago. So they paid that bill, which was like nine bucks or some shit, got e-alert taken off. Another example, somebody came in, uh, like e-alert basically says that they're, that uh, they can't rent through U-Haul and to call the number. And it turned out that like they had a situation back in 2015 where somebody stole their U-Haul and they had to make a police report or whatever. And U-Haul accidentally put them on e-alert. So that's e-alert. Yeah. Steve put this guy on e-alert because of the situation and lied on the information saying that the guy was belligerent and like attacked us or some shit. Guys, uh, your your boss is crazier than a barn full of clown pubes. <sighs> Y'all. So that's that's what it's like working at this place. So when I tell people like it fucking sucks, now you know what I'm talking about. Now you know exactly what I'm getting at. It's one of my new favorite sayings, by the way. Crazier than a barn full of clown pubes. Are you saying pubes? Pubes. Now, barn full of clown pubes is yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah. It's, it's from the new Patton Oswalt special, and he does a whole bit talking about how somebody was committed enough to fill a barn full of clown pubes. And then how could you prove they're from a clown? <laughs> and oh, my God. Oh, it's so fucking funny. Is this one on Netflix? Yeah, it's the one. It debuted yesterday. Gotcha. We all scream. It's really good. I might check it out sometime. Not today, but. But yeah, so that's. Yeah, that. that... Another thing I checked out this past weekend was a show by Greg Garcia on the app called Freebie. It's also available as a channel uh, through Amazon's Prime Video. Uh, but it's a show called Sprung, and it stars Garrett, Gilla, Dar- Garrett Dillahunt and Martha Plimpton, uh, who were in Raising Hope. And quite enjoyable. I enjoyed it a lot. Check that out if you haven't. Yeah, I need to. I saved it. I put it like in a watch my, my watch list or whatever the fuck it was. Hell yeah. Um, well, aside Thanks. from all that garbage... Yeah. Um, Things we, we actually have, did watch. <laughs> <laughs> we have actually a pretty fucking stacked show today because, well, we're nerds and like to watch nerdy things. And so we already have, we already had three shows and we added Andor to it. So what we're reviewing today is Rings of Power, episode four on Amazon Prime. House of the Dragon, episode five on HBO Max. She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, episode six on Disney+. Plus. And Andor, episodes one, two, and three, also on Disney+. Plus. So let's go ahead and start that. We're going to start with Rings of Power. Um, I basically read the order in which we're going to review, so there's that. Yeah. 
Well, episode four of the Rings of Power is called The Great Wave. Uh, here's a quick write-up from Wikipedia. Uh, it says, gazing into a palantir, Muriel has a vision of the tidal wave destruction of Numenor. Uh, and she shares this vision, vision with Galadriel. Uh, and basically tells Galadriel that when you show up in this vision is what ushers in Numenor's destruction, which is why they've been apprehensive, especially of her. Uh, Chancellor Farazan encourages discord between uh, Numenorians and elves. Halbrand manipulatively, 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 well advises Galadriel, then Farazan. Uh, Galadriel con convinces Muriel to wage war against the orcs in the Southlands, and war preparations begin. Isildur and his friends are kicked out of the Naval Academy, but then join the war effort. Adar appears to be a scarred elf from the Elder Days. Adar releases Alondir to give a surrender offer to the humans taking refuge in the Orc Tower. The Orcs find out the Orc Tower is the Elf Tower, the Watchtower. Jesus, why'd they put Orc Tower? I hate Wikipedia sometimes. Anyway, the Orcs find out the ancient artifact evil sword hilt they seek is in the tower. The dwarves have found Mithril and kept it a secret, but Elrond discovers the mine. King Durin sends Prince Durin to discover what the elves of Linden are up to. I will say this about the Mithril scene, by the way. Um, it was a little cheesy. <laughs> uh, mainly because, like, Durin is like, uh, you know, in our tongue, it's this, but in... Uh, in your tongue, it's Mithril. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> a, little, a little more corny. I love it, but a little corny. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, dude, I this episode was fucking fantastic. All yes, it there. was. Yes, it was. Uh, I for, for, for one, you have dwarves in an episode, I'm in. Like, I... Greg it's has weird. a boner for dwarves. It's not well. I mean, not in that fashion. Maybe Disa, but um, uh, the thing about dwarves that makes Lord of the Rings so much fun is that they are—they're just kind of silly, and they're fun to deal with in that silliness, you know. Um, but specifically, like when they have a friendship with a different character. So like everybody loves the relationship that, um, Oh, why can't I think of his name? The one from the, the movie that, that like was competing with Legolas. Gimli. Gimli. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Gimli and Legolas is a uh, uh, relationship. Um, that was super fucking fun. And the fact that they have like, there's something like that in the show is just, it's just an absolute blast. So every time that they were on screen, I was like, yes, more of this. And then we go back to Gladriel, and I'm like, oh, fuck it. Okay, sure. But, you know, then there's the whole thing with... Uh, uh, our our elf friend. I don't remember his name. Alondir? Alondir, yes, yes. And um, the elf that's like 
controlling orcs. Adar. Adar. God, that was I was fascinated. Or Adar. Adar. I don't know. Adore. Um. Yeah, there was just so much in this episode, and every scene was packed full of lore or like story building continuation. I was just like, yo, this is so good. So yeah. It, like this write up doesn't even cover how the orcs discover that that sword hilt that they're looking for, uh, you know, uh, Bronwyn's son Theo and one of his friends go back to the village to get food because the watchtower has no food stores and the hunting is drying up in the area. So they go in to the village, which they it seems abandoned. They go in the daytime. Well, some orcs are in the buildings and one of the orcs is trying to attack him and he pulls out that sword hilt because it does have a little bit of a broken blade on the end of it and slashes the orc and the orc recognizes it. So now the orcs are like, oh, it's here. What we've been looking for is here. And then that thing at the reveal at the end when uh, he gets back to the watchtower and that the, the guy that ran the uh, pub or whatever it was, the tavern, whatever, the, the, the cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, shows the fucking mark on his arm. Yeah. So, you know, we've got, um, we've got a dirty guy. Yeah, like it's, this show was, it was, was definitely like, it was going uphill, and then this episode was just straight the fun part going. Like, I don't want to say it's downhill because the show's not going downhill. It's, you know, continues to getting better. But you know how when you're on a roller coaster and the down part's like the more fun part than the climb up? This was oh, the yeah. fun part. Um, that's a terrible mm-hmm. analogy because that's not how people use those analogies. Anyway, uh, or metaphor, doesn't matter. I fucking loved this episode. There was so much. It was like you said, like every every turn had a new thing that was just increasingly more fun. Yeah. Um even if there is a little bit of cheese in it, I'm I'm in it. I'm fucking 100% in it. I do really enjoy Gladriel's story. Mhm. But it is easily the slowest out of all the stories being told. But I think that's intentional because the other stories are much quicker and and more action packed. Aside from like a fight scene, oh my gosh, you okay? So, it's just belchy. I was trying not to burp into the mic. Well, um, our listeners will appreciate that. Yes. So, um, yeah, I can't think of anything else because we didn't we didn't visit the 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 Harfoots or the the the, the Meteor Man. <laughs> Meteor Man, that was a horrible movie back in the nineties. It was. Uh. No, Blank Man is where it's at. Um, but yeah, like I don't think there's anything else to add because, like, you know, you, you got a lot of the a lot of lore with Gladriel, which is really good, considering that they, you know, like we need that lore, we need to to further the story that we have with Gladriel mm-hmm. and the, the humans in Namenor and. We got a lot of that, and now Namor has is is like this is the beginning of the the pack between or the the not pack but the um, 
the last alliance of man and elf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the beginning of that. And it's like, that's fucking awesome that we get to experience that. Um, God, I just, it's, I love that the elves have their hand in fucking everything, by the way. But it makes sense. They're immortal, you know. Unless they're shot by a couple arrows. You know what I mean. But yeah, I did. The show, the show is much better than I thought it was going to be. So I'm, I'm in. But um, since we have so much to review, why don't we go ahead and just give it a grade and move on? Uh, yeah, yeah. This episode gets an absolute A+. Plus. Um, it was... I agree. Well-paced. Uh, kept Keeps your interest from the very beginning to the very end and left you with wanting more. And, you know, fortunately, we get that tomorrow, uh, thankfully. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's well done. The, the things that they do well week in, week out, uh, you know, when it comes to the technical aspects of the scoring, the cinematography, the acting, uh, the dialogue, everything is done very well, but this just pushed it a little bit further. And I think this is the best episode we've gotten so far. Uh, wholeheartedly agree with that, But of course, you know, it had to build upon those prior episodes to get this, though. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 uh, we absolutely needed to, we needed to have what we got in this episode to, to have that, that moment of, of just like realization of how good this show was going to be. Um, I completely agree with you on that. It's had they jumped to this in like episode three, it wouldn't have felt as fulfilling or satisfying. Uh, mainly because like we, we need that. We need that dichotomy between characters. We need to see what the characters are thinking and doing leading up to it. Like it's, it's, it's that same problem that, you know, game of Thrones had or something to that effect. It's, it's just too quick or like, a lot of people had with the the movies of Lord of the Rings, where it's just it's just moving too quick for people. So, but but yeah, um, a plus. I, I can't wait to watch tomorrow's episode. I just can't wait. It's, it's going to be fun. This whole show sure is just is. fun, it's just super fun. But it is, it is. Uh, um, well, speaking of Game of Thrones, because I did that intentionally, um, House of the Dragon episode five. Yeah, this was uh, titled We Light the Way. Or no, no. Yeah, We Light the Way. Sorry. I don't know the names of the episodes. Uh, it opens up with uh, a Lady Rhea, Rhea Royce in the Veil. Apparently, this is Damon's estranged wife. And she's like, oh, you're finally here to consummate the marriage, are you? And uh, you can tell that there's great disdain for and contempt for each other between the two. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't utter a word to her. He just basically spooks her horse to where she's thrown off of her horse and she falls and breaks her neck. And then, you know, she's laying there pretty much paralyzed and calls him a coward. And then he grabs a rock and finishes her off. Um, then we see cuts to Viserys and Rhaenyra. Uh, they've traveled to, uh, what is the name of it? Is it Dawnstone? 
I can't, I can't remember the name of the actual uh, home of Lord Corliss, but I was like, he, "You're going to ask me that question?" Yeah, yeah. He, uh, they, he proposes a marriage between Renera and Lord Corliss's uh, son, Sir Lenor Valerion, uh, to which Lord Corliss happily agrees. Renera understands that Lenor's homosexuality. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Renera understands Lenore's uh, homosexuality and proposes performing royal duties while having lovers. She rejects Sir Kristen's idea to run away together, saying that their relationship remains the same. Uh, to which Sir Kristen is like, oh, so you'll have me be your whore. Uh, he was not happy with that. <laughs> Before leaving King's Landing, Sir Otto warns Queen Alicent that Renera becoming queen makes Alicent's children a threat to the crown. Alicent questions Sir Kristen about Renera and Damon, only to learn that Sir Kristen was the princess's lover. At a celebratory feast, Alicent enters the hall during the king's speech, purposely wearing a green gown, the signal color for House Hightower's call to arms. When Damon unexpectedly arrives, Sir Gerald Royce confronts him, claiming Damon murdered his cousin, Lady Rhea. Damon denies it and demands his, wife, his wife's lands. Lanor's lover, Sir Joffrey Lonmouth, surmises that Kristen loves Rhaenyra and smugly suggests they guard each other's secrets. Despondent over Rhaenyra and breaking his king's guard bows, Kristen becomes enraged. He attacks and kills Joffrey, beating his face to an unrecognizable pulp of mass, by the way. Uh, devastating Lenore and horrifying guests. Shortly after Rhaenyra and Lenore are privately wed, Viserys collapses after the ceremony, and later Allison intervenes as Kristen is about to commit suicide. A lot of shit happened in this episode. Yeah, <laughs> this was this was the most Games of Thronesy episode I've we've had yet. Yeah. Um, so going through the episode, I was just kind of like, okay, it's a lot of political stuff. You know, it's 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 that it's that royal political shit that's happening, and uh. Like this, there was a time hop in this episode, but not as much as the others. No, no, this one was just a few weeks, maybe, maybe a few months. But... Yeah, because like Allison was still trying to get that information about. Um, yeah. What can I remember? Renera. Renera, thank you. Um. But yeah, like uh, it was cool. It was definitely fucking cool. Uh, but I did get like so. My dad never watched Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. And he's you know so I got him to start watching this with me, and he's been really enjoying it. But because he's never watched Game of Thrones, he just doesn't know. He doesn't know what Game of Thrones can do. So going into this episode, and they start talking about a wedding. I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> oh, no. it and was funny because you you messaged me and you're like i have anxiety about this episode <laughs> and I like, I something just... bad's gonna happen well i told my dad I, that's what i explained to my dad i was like yeah I'm, I'm having anxiety and dad's like are you okay and i was like i'm fine i'm just i know that something bad's gonna happen he's like how do you know something bad's gonna happen i'm like because it's a wedding in game of thrones and he's like why is that a bad thing i'm like oh you sweet summer child um and uh yeah, yeah, like bad shit went down. 
maybe not as bad as other weddings, but definitely bad, bad enough. Well, considering that this was supposed to be the start of a wedding, a week-long wedding celebration with tournaments and feasts, and ended up being, you know, a bloodbath, uh, so to speak. Uh, not to mention that whole creepy fucking scene with Damon approaching Rhaenyra and about to kiss her as the fight breaks out, uh, and she's telling him to take her. Uh, you know, that's what you want, isn't it? Go ahead and take me. And I'm like, you? Just uh-huh. you? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's. But, but they have this secret wedding, like emergency private wedding, immediately after. I mean, dude's face chunks and blood were still on the floor. Yep. Bits of brain. Yeah. Yep. It was wild. Uh, and. and... And um, from my understanding, this was the a lot of these actors are being replaced after this episode because there's going to be a significant time jump next, like ten years at least. Uh, that's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, because Prince Aegon, Aegon, uh, uh, Rhaenyra's baby brother, who remember in episode three was like two years old. He's going to be a teenager in the time jump. So. Yeah. Yeah. And he's being portrayed by David Tennant's son, Ty Tennant. Oh, wow. I did not know that. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I know that the girl who was playing um, Renera, people are actually like legit upset that she's getting, that they're doing a time hump, time hump, time hop to make her age because she is a phenomenal actress. Yeah, she's great. But uh, uh, yeah, her her and the actress uh, plays Allison there. Yeah, they're uh, being replaced, which which sucks, but I get it. Oh, it is it's it's clear, right? That uh, that when we when we, next episode the the king is going to be dead, right? We're we're we're. I'm that. I'm pretty sure he's deader than fuck. Yeah, because I mean he's dying right now. <laughs> Like I don't think he has very long left in any shape, way, or form. So, no, and they have been progressively um, telegraphing his demise. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. I mean, you know, like it's not just characters are getting replaced. Like straight up characters are are gone. They're just going to be gone. Yeah. But. Yeah, no, I, I really... The other thing I like about this show is it's a bit more condensed than what Game of Thrones was. Because we had a buttfuck ton of characters in Game of Thrones. But House of the Dragon, we have, like, maybe one-third of that. Yeah. So far. So far. But that's what I like about it. It's a bit more condensed. It's a bit... It's it's less it's less heavy. Well, maybe not less heavy, but it's I less... I say it's less heavy. It's more focused. It's more folk, yeah. That's yeah. That's a good. That's a better way to put it. Which I personally really enjoy. So, um, but yeah, let's let's go ahead and move forward and and give it a grade and go on to the next thing. What grade would you give this episode? Oh, an A plus. Like, yeah. you you elicit a, a, an emotion out of me, or a, a feeling that I can't control. Well done, well fucking done. 
like you said, I text you like I'm having anxiety about this fucking wedding because I knew some bad shit was going to go down. I just didn't know what bad shit. And I just respond with a gif of a lady just nodding in anticipation. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, like, well fucking done. Uh, had me from the fucking get. Um, I will say this about House of the Dragon. It is less gory than Game of Thrones is. Because in Game of Thrones, they would have shown for a solid couple seconds that dude's caved in face. Like, we watched a dude's head pop like a water, like a watermelon. Game of Thrones was more brutal in its in its gross than this show is. So far. So so far. But you know, that's not a bad thing. This isn't a complaint. This is more of like a Game of Thrones should 100% be about the characters. And if we're getting too much in lieu of sex and gore, then it's not as good. It just straight up is not as good at that point. So this is not a complaint. This is just an acknowledgement of like, hey, I see what y'all are doing. But uh, but yeah, uh, what do you think? What's your, what's your grade? Oh, I have to agree. It was, you know, as with uh, the last show we discussed, The Rings of Power, I gave it an A+. I also give this episode an A+, because it was just fucking well done. Uh, the, you know, the intrigue, the fucking... Uh, like, war, how's Allison taking all this news of? Oh, yeah, I defended her virtue, and come to find out, she didn't have any. <laughs> uh, you know, how's that going to come into play between their recently repaired relationship? Uh, I thought, know, uh, I, I thought the night was going to lie. I really did. He was just like, nope, I fucked her. It was just you wanted to, though. <laughs> I need to know about pr- the princess. I fucked her. <laughs> I put my pee-pee inside her. She and this, she initiated it, but I still did it. I didn't. I didn't fight. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. The memes of that dude this week have been funny. Oh, I haven't seen any. Oh, I've seen a few. It's just, you know, she walks into the room and just says his name. Like Sir Kristen. Oh, I fucked her. <laughs> like like, like a uh, Pavlovian dog. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I haven't seen any. That's, that's crazy. But, yeah, that's... um. Any other thoughts about it? Or just want to move on? Uh, well, considering we still have an episode of She-Hulk and three episodes of Andor to talk about, let's move on. Yeah. Um, well, She-Hulk, She-Hulk episode six. Yeah, just Jen. Uh, this is a wedding episode. That was fucking funny. I enjoyed it so much. Uh, Jennifer is invited to be a bridesmaid at her old friend Lulu's wedding. 
When she arrives at the reception as She-Hulk, she is disappointed to find that Lulu wants her to present as her normal self instead of being in her Hulk form, and is saddened with numerous pre-wedding duties. Uh, Things become even more complicated when Titania shows up at the reception as she is dating one of Lulu's groomsmen. Jen bonds with Josh, a friend of the groom, before Titania attacks her and demands a fight. Uh, Jen then transforms into She-Hulk and they fight briefly until Titania loses a tooth and lost more than a tooth. She cracked her veneers, uh, loses her cool before storming out. Now, while this is going on, uh, Mallory Book and uh, what's what's uh, her name? Uh, Nikki. Nikki. Yeah. Mallory and Nikki are working on a divorce case for a superhuman individual known as Mr. Immortal, who has gotten out of numerous previous marriages by repeatedly faking his own death, but the case becomes more difficult when eight of Mr. Immortal's previous spouses all file suits against him after discovering his secret, thanks to an online video on a site called Intelligentsia showing one of his feigned deaths. Nikki is able to resolve the case by helping all eight of the spouses to work out compensation deals. As she and Mallory discuss the aftermath of the case, however, they discover a message board of an organization on Intelligentsia that contains numerous death threats aimed at She-Hulk. Meanwhile, the organization is ready to... uh, some mysterious organization is shown uh, getting ready to try to uh, prepare a... how a uh, tensile strength hypodermic needle to steal Jennifer's blood sample after failing uh, prior when the Wrecking Crew was unable to get her blood. So I'm hoping we're going to see the Wrecking Crew again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, who do you think the Wrecking Crew is working for? Do you think it's the leader? Since we know the leader is going to be in the next. Some- yeah, he's gonna. The leader's gonna be in the next Captain America movie. That's right. Yes. Uh, so, we found we found that out at the D twenty three Expo. And 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 more commonly, the leader is usually a a villain for the Hulk. Yes. Um. But the Hulk is off world, and they've written that into the show. So I'm wondering if maybe the Wrecking Crew is working for the leader. That could be a thing. You know, I immediately was suspecting the Absorbing Man because have they worked where they've worked with the Absorbing Man so much in the comics? But I don't know. It's it's difficult to say. I just want to see them again, though. I love the Wrecking Crew. Yeah, people are pissed off about the Wrecking Crew, by the way, for the show. Some people. People are pissed off about the show. Period. Some this people. one, this one has a little bit more ground than in the past. But, uh, yeah, one of the Wrecking Crew members in the comic is black. Um, none of the Wrecking Crew in the show are black. So, they're pissed off about that. Thunderball. Yeah, Thunderball. Uh, I, I have to go back and look. I thought one of them was. I just thought they maybe have swapped their names around. No, they're, they're, all, they're all lighter in skin tone. I can't tell if any of them are not white, but I can tell you that none of them are black. Gotcha. But um, that is unfortunate. I mean, it's 
nothing we can control. No. And I don't think it's the worst thing to do in in lieu of, of that because anybody could be a wrecking crew member, really, if we're, you know, we're going to break it down. So that's true. And in but, fact, in fact, I know there's been replacement members like I think Bulldozer's daughter took his place on the team. I get that people want black representation, but. And I'm not against it. Like, hey, if you're mad about uh, Little Mermaid, go fuck yourself. Um, but this one just seems like a little bit of a weird hill to die on. Specifically for She-Hulk and the Wrecking Crew. But I do get where you're coming from. Especially with people who are like, it needs to be more like the comic. Well. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I was thinking it might have been AIM. We know that MODOK is going to be a villain coming up. You know, A-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania. Yeah. So maybe it's AIM. Maybe maybe that was MODOK. Or, um, oh, my God. What is MODOK's fucking name? I'm going to turn a blank on it. The fuck is his goddamn name? What? Before he becomes Modoc. Uh, George Tarleton. Jar- George Tarleton. It might be George Tarleton. That would be interesting. Yeah. So... Like, but I don't think it's really anybody, any other group. Like, it might be, and I say might very lightly, Kingpin. I was hoping that when he closed the, the suitcase, we would have had some logo to run off of. But it was like, here's a biohazard logo. I'm like, son of a bitch. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, I th- I thought the episode was really really funny. Um. It was it was a lot of fun too, uh, leading up to Jen at this wedding. Uh, the fact that they play off of the like, it's a wedding episode. Have fun. Really, I really enjoyed that. So, yeah, nothing nothing to really complain about. I mean, I will argue that the episode in in terms of story wasn't super heavy on story. No. Um. But it the lighthearted, playful tone of the show was there. Yes, and very much it, you know, very enjoyable. Yep, I agree. Um, I mean, yeah, I, 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 there, I there's nothing I can add. I love the shots of She-Hulk versus Titania because it looks exa- it looked exactly like the comic, like that slow motion shot where she punches her. Hmm. Like it reminded me of a comic book panel where she oh, was yeah. punching Titania. So I was very happy with it. Uh, I do laugh though because people online are like, "There's a there like this show is hyper unrealistic because who in their right mind wouldn't be attracted to uh, um, Tatiana uh, Maslany?" And I'm like, I agree with that sentiment. I wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment. Who wouldn't be attracted to her? But 
Um, any other final thoughts before we move on to a grade? Uh, no, no. Uh, I'll give this episode an A. Uh, I don't think it's quite a plus. You know, more of a standalone doesn't tie in too, too much with the overarching story. But it's still, you know, enough of it's there. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. It was just a really fun episode. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree with that. It's, uh, oh, oh, I apologize. Ah, still waking up, apparently. Um, yeah, it's, it's a standalone comedy episode that, uh, you know, didn't add too much, but also didn't didn't try to add too much. It was like, eh, it's a little fun episode. For anybody that is only watching She-Hulk for Daredevil, quit pretending to be a fan. And I don't mean to do that as in like I'm gatekeeping, but I am going to gatekeep you right now. Um, you are not a fan of Marvel. And I'm not saying that in lieu of like, you have to like She-Hulk. But if you're only watching She-Hulk for Daredevil, um, go ahead and just show me your Daredevil comic books. Show me that you've been a, a fan of Daredevil before the Netflix show. And if that's the case and that's why you're watching She-Hulk, it's still weird. It's still really fucking weird. I will never understand this shit. I went to Twitter because I was like, oh man, I wonder what everybody's saying that organization is that's trying to get her blood. Like, I want to hear the, the theories. And it's just a bunch of people whining and complaining that, that Daredevil wasn't in this episode. And I'm like, you know what? I genuinely hope. I genuinely hope Daredevil's in the last episode and that's it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I really want Daredevil to show up too in more than one episode. I'd like for him to be in at least two. I'd prefer it all three, but, you know, that's I just agree. me. But at the same time, it's not the Daredevil show. It is She-Hulk attorney at law show. Uh, but Daredevil is an attorney by day. So I do want to see that crossover. Me too. Again, I, I've, I one of my favorite comics as I, as like was it was one where old man Steve Rogers hired She-Hulk to represent him um, or as a defendant, and then the prosecutor was Matt Murdock. It was a great fucking like seven issue comic. I loved it. I'd love to see that on screen in some fashion, in some capacity. Uh, the problem is it's just it's just catering to these fucking whiny neck bitches. beards. Neck beards, yeah. It just uh it's so irritating. It's like you don't have to like She-Hulk. No one's asking you that you no one's telling you have to like She-Hulk. But we are saying, like, if you're watching She-Hulk only for Daredevil, that's fucking weird. Like, ugh, anyway. Yeah, She-Hulk's a great show. I, I really enjoy it. Like, I know that some people are like, the CGI is a little off. And I'm like, yeah. You know, one of the things that Disney's been doing, and I really kind of wish they wouldn't, but also at the same time, it's like, they they want to put things out in a, in a timely fashion, is they're going to go back and they're going to add a bunch of, like, they're going to, they're going to, I don't say edit, but they're going to make everything look better in the show. Like, I mean, for Christ's sake, the, the stuff that they've already edited and then like just re-uploaded to Disney Plus, 
to make it look a little smoother, to make it look a little better. So they're going to go in and patch it if you if you catch my drift. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sorry. I just get irritated with fucking people watching She-Hulk right now. I'd say most people, though, are really enjoying it. Like, my mom fucking loves it. And she's not super into comic books to begin with. So I'm happy with that. But, all right, let's go ahead and move on to Andor, episode one, two, and three, which we should treat this three-parter as a movie. Because if we're being honest, it had one complete story. Or for the most part, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I'm going to, I think Andor is going to play like a three-part, like a trilogy of movies. And we, uh, how many episodes was it? Nine? It's, it it's nine? 12. 12? Mm-hmm. It's going to be four movies broken up into three episodes of pop. I guarantee it. Quite possibly. Uh, so I'm just going to go down and read the synopsis of all three back to back to back. Yeah, go ahead. Do your thing. So it opens up. Uh, it actually says five years BBY before the Battle of Yavin. Uh, we see Cassian Andor traveling to the industrial planet of Morlana One on the trail of his missing sister. While searching for her in a brothel, he's antagonized by two Primor Authority security officers. An altercation between the trio shortly ensues outside the brothel, leading to Cassian accidentally killing one officer and executing the other. He flees to the planet Ferrix, where he attempts to hide his involvement by convincing his adopted mother, Marva's droid, B2EMO. Uh, they just called him, what, BMO, was it? Yeah, which is funny, because that's the name of a... Um... Of a character in uh, uh, Adventure Time. Oh, okay. And his friend Brasso to cover for him. Cassian also asks his friend Bix to connect him with a black market buyer as Cassian has acquired a Starpath unit, a valuable piece of Imperial navigation technology. Bix agrees and contacts the buyer, but her attempts to hide her connection with Cassian makes her boyfriend Tim suspicious. Back on Morlana 1, the chief inspector of security elects to cover up the murders to improve his reports to the Imperial authorities, but his deputy, the ambitious Cyril Karn, is determined to solve the case. Karn identifies Cassian's borrowed ship and traces it to Ferrix and learns from an eyewitness from the brothel that Cassian stated he was from the planet Canari. In a flashback, a younger Cassian, known as Cassa, and his tribe on Canari decide to investigate a crashed ship, only to stumble upon an immense Republic mining operation. So that's the write-up for Episode 1. Episode 2, the write-up's much shorter. Uh, it says, Tam, still suspicious of Bix and Cassian, reports Cassian to Primor Security, who issues a warrant for Cassian's arrest. Karn partners with Sergeant Monks. A mosque, an equally ambitious and aggressive Primor officer, to arrest Cassian. Bimo informs Cassian and Marva of the warrant, sending Marva into a panic. Cassian prepares to flee the planet. Meanwhile, Vix's buyer, Luthan Rao, uh, travels to Ferrix to obtain the Starpath unit. In the flashback scene on uh, Canari, we see Cassa and his 
friends from the village locate and investigate the crashed ship, but they're attacked by a survivor. The tribe successfully kills the attacker, but leaves the crash when one of their own is killed. Casa stays behind to explore the ship. Episode 3. <clears throat> uh, Luthan arrives on Ferrix, where he's informed by Bix as to Cassian's arrest warrant. Uh, Luthan remains undeterred and expresses particular interest in meeting Cassian in person. Karn and Sergeant Mosk arrive on Ferrix, accompanied by 12 additional security officers. They raid Marva's home and question her as to Cassian's location. She refuses to cooperate. However, Karn intercepts a transmission from Cassian to Bimo, allowing the security officers to pinpoint Cassian's position. The townsfolk, having witnessed the raid, go into lockdown, ringing bells across the city to signal other workers to follow suit and intimidate the officers. Cassian and Luthan meet in an abandoned factory. Despite Cassian's desire to quickly steal the star, sell the Starpath unit and leave Ferrix, Luthan tries to persuade him to join the Rebel Alliance, citing Cassian's repeated success at stealing from and sabotaging Imperial ships. Uh, however, the factory is surrounded by security officers before Cassian can consider Luthan's offer. The two successfully escape back to Marva's house, where they corner Karn and assess the situation. Uh, meanwhile, Tim inadvertently reveals to Bix that he was the one that informed on Cassian, causing her to rush to aid Cassian, only to be stopped by officers. Tim attempts to protect Bix, only to be killed by a trigger-happy officer. The officer is sent back to the shuttle to await punishment, which has been unknowingly sabotaged by Barrasso. Luthan creates a diversion to distract the officers as he and Cassian escape, also rigging it to explode and kill some of the officers. Uh, Luthan and Cassian successfully flee the planet, leaving a stranded Corn and Sergeant Mosk behind. In a flashback, Marva and her husband Clem uh, are revealed to be scav- scavengers. They discover Cassa on the crashed ship, and against Clem's wishes, Marva sedates Cassa and. Uh, what? So Marva sedates Casa and takes them takes him with them, fearing repercussions from the Republic should they find him at the crash site. So yeah, a lot happened in those three episodes, and they're roughly about forty minutes apiece. Yeah. So you're looking at you know an hour, uh, eighty minutes, one hundred and twenty minutes. You know. Yeah, about the length of a film. About the length of a movie. Yeah. Um. No, it was it was. I really fucking enjoyed this show. Um. I think that one of my arguments, and it'll continue to be one of my arguments, is that you can do whatever the fuck you want with Star Wars. Absolutely. It it has so much room to play. And as much as I will continue to argue that Star Wars is a children's franchise... I will also argue very much and very hard that uh, Star Wars can also be dark and gritty. Absolutely. This show is arguably more adult than than past things we've seen. Um, It's the first time in Star Wars we've heard anyone say shit. Yeah. Um. And when Cassian's trying to get away from that fight with those two fucking security officers, I mean, he point blank shoots the one in the face. Yeah, like looking into his fucking eyes as he put one between the eyes. 
Like it is, it's a dark show. It's a dark show, and I appreciate it for being dark. And it's not like directly tied to the Skywalker saga. This is more about Cassian Andor and how he, you know, who he is, how he came to be a part of the Rebel Alliance, and in the early days of the Rebel Alliance. And I enjoy seeing that shit. You know, yeah, it's, um, it's a big sandbox that there's not been many people play in. Well, one of my biggest complaints about um, Obi Wan Kenobi was that I didn't feel like anything necessarily mattered that we watched because most of the characters that were important to Obi-Wan, we knew their fate. Yeah. We only know one person's fate in this show. Yeah. That's Andor. Yep. So there's a Spoiler lot. alert. Spoiler alert. He dies in five years on Scarif. Yep. <laughs> yep, he sure does. Uh, but getting to know his character more than what we saw is, is fucking awesome. We had one yeah. movie with Cassian Andor, and he wasn't even the main fucking character. So, no. and he was a great character in that movie. Yeah, he was in a movie filled with great characters. Right. Um. So I'm 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 really happy with the show. Like, I think it's going to be, it's going to be better than a lot of the Star Wars stuff that we've seen. Is it going to be better than than Mandalorian? You know, we can't tell yet, but. Um, as of right now, I, I, I'm really digging it. And uh, as of right now, it's the second highest rated thing on Rotten Tomatoes. That's not the Mandalorian. There you go. Like Mandalorian's got like a 93% rating and this has an 88 after a day. Damn. Mm -hmm. So it's being well received, thankfully. Well, I mean, it, it's deserved. I mean, the, the, it's, it's, it's fucking good. It's really entertaining. Like it's it's compelling, but it's not slow. Um, you know, we get introduced to characters that have a fate by the end of these three episodes, and it's both satisfying but heartbreaking. It's just it's it is really well put together. You know, like will we ever see Bix again? Who knows? Um, we wouldn't have to, but also like uh, uh I can't remember his first name. I want to say Alexander, but that's—I don't think that's Alexander Skarsgård. Um, no, it's it's his dad, Stellan. Stellan, thank you. I was like, I knew it wasn't fucking Alexander. Um, first and foremost, the fucking stars Skarsgårds. Like, did they make a pact with the devil that said that all of them were going to have good acting skills? I mean, maybe. God, they're all fucking fantastic, and and him showing up in this show is just like, all right. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Diego Luna fucking kills it. Like, he shows emotion in a very different way, in more of a stoic way for the sake of his character. I'm just, I'm, I'm fucking happy with the show. I'm really happy with the show. I think it's going to be a continuous, you know, source of entertainment as the show goes on for 12 episodes. Mm -hmm. Which is crazy that we're getting that long of a show on Disney plus, but you know, I'm down with it. So me too. Um, I also like how the show was very clever about its flashback. It showed like 
So the reason I say that is a lot of shows will do flashbacks at scenarios, but not tell you that it's a flashback. You just kind of have to figure it out based on context. But this show did it differently. This show said, here's a flashback. You know it's a flashback because we showed you Cassian sleeping and then waking up from that dream about him back on his home planet. Um, so anytime from here on out that we show you this scene or show you these people, you know it's a flashback of of Andor. And I was like, that's, that's fucking smart. That's a smart way to do that. So, and I'd love to know more. I hope they keep doing that. I hope we get more backstory about his character and him growing up and but at the same time if we don't you know who cares we got what we needed out of that we got how he got off that planet where why he has the accent he has i don't know the show is just it's fucking fantastic so far yes absolutely and i i, I just think it's just going to keep getting better uh, I would like to think that it's going to keep getting better, but even if it doesn't keep getting better and stays as good as these three episodes were, we're in for a fucking treat. You Absolutely. Know? 100%. Um, also, I, I there is a character that I know is in this show. I don't know when, but when I went to the IMDb, I wanted to look up like like certain characters, I wanted to know. Like, and it was like one of the actresses is playing Mon Mothma. Yeah, Genevieve O'Reilly. Yeah, and I'm like, she's been she's been Mon Mothma since Revenge of the Sith. Really? Yeah. I thought that was a different actress. No, and she's also done the voice on Rebels, and uh, you know that was her in Rogue One. Um, Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, she's in the trailer for it. Okay, okay, that makes it. Yeah, okay. Because I was like, I was like, does it count as a spoiler? I don't think it does, but... No, she was in the trailer. But yeah, so... We have one legacy character. <laughs> I don't know, just like, it's, it's... I'm glad that it's dark. I'm glad that it's a, it's a bit harsher in tone. Because it's it's really easy to make Star Wars uh, a kid show, you know, or more lighthearted because of the setting. So I'm happy with it. But yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if, I don't know if I have anything else to add. Do you have any other thoughts before we move on to a grade? Uh no, no. All right. Well, um. I'm just gonna give all three episodes an A plus. Yeah. I wasn't bored. I wasn't bored one time. I never thought to look at my phone. I was just digging it and enjoying the action and the 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 intensity. Um, I love that our antagonists were arguably a one time antagonist. I hope we see Bix again, but I also, if we don't, it makes sense. Yeah. Somebody on Twitter was mad that like that 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 dude like was with Bix. I was like, how did somebody he was mad on Twitter? Well, huh. I'm, uh, it's more to the it's more to the joke that like he wasn't attractive enough for her. <laughs> I think is what the joke was. Oh, yeah. But I just I just saw it on Twitter. 
that's another thing about that I that I it's gonna sound really weird, but something I'm excited about with this show is that it is it seems universally liked. So we're gonna get twelve, well, I guess now nine more episodes for the next nine weeks. I was gonna say ten weeks total is what I was trying to trying to do the math mm-hmm. of. Ten weeks of people being you know, cool on Twitter about Star Wars or cool on social media about Star Wars. I could be wrong about that. And people just haven't fucking started speaking up. I don't know. But but yeah, it's uh I'm I'm excited to continue it. So A plus for me. What about you? Oh, absolutely an A plus. This is a it's been a stellar week of just wonderful fucking content for us to cover. Uh, and I love new Star Wars, um, and I love what we've been given. I love that it's in unfamiliar territory. You know, we're seeing something new. Uh, we're seeing something dark and gritty, and I am totally down with it, and I can't wait until next Wednesday's episode. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I, I really wish She-Hulk was on Wednesday as well because it makes um, Wednesday nights going into Thursdays a bit rough, but yeah, that's okay. That's okay. We got Andor on Thursday, on Tuesday nights now. So, Which, honestly, the fact that we don't record on Wednesdays right now because of She-Hulk. I'm okay with just watching Andor on Wednesday. Yeah. Whew, sorry. Um we only got three more weeks of this four show part. So um, on that note, everybody, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, i to pull up my notes for this one. So if it wasn't clear, we're going to continue watching Rings of Power, House of the Dragon, She-Hulk, and Andor until one of them ends. Um, which, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think... It'll House be... See, sh- House of the Dragon's got four episodes left. She-Hulk has four three. episodes left, three episodes left. Three. Yeah, yeah. three. So it'll so be, be like... She-Hulk. Yeah. So She-Hulk will have her finale in three weeks. And then we'll, and then right after that, the, the following episode will have Ring, uh, Rings of Power. No, House of the Dragon finale. What about Rings of Power? Do we know how many episodes that is? I don't know if it's eight or ten. I'm looking it up. I think it's eight. Rings of Power. Um, which is crazy because like we're looking at how long we're gonna be doing this review system. Uh eight, it's eight total. It ends on October 14th. So if that's the case, then Rings of Power is gonna have four more episodes. So Rings of Power and House of Dragon almost the same time. I think it's the same time. Math is correct. Because you said that House of the Dragon has see Rings of Power. So five, six, yeah. So so four weeks, four more episodes of Rings of Power, three more She-Hulk, four more House of the Dragon. And then yeah, so yeah. So we got about a month of of doing a lot of like shows. This is the long and short of it. So yeah, moving on. But next week and for the three weeks after, it'll just be one episode of each and not. Right. 
but that's still four. That's still four reviews that we're doing every week for three, at least three weeks. Yeah. Um, heavy is the crown. Um, but yeah, so there's that. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on all the socials listed below. That's where you'll find out if we're adding anything to the show. We're not right now. Four's <laughs> a lot. Like it's not a lot of content for us to absorb, but it is a lot of content for us to talk about. We don't want to have our podcast go longer than an hour and a half. As a matter of fact, um, we're getting close to that hour and a half mark. Uh, well, we got to cut hour. seven and a half minutes off the front. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, because I yeah. So we're not that bad. We're looking at about an hour and fifteen. It's still a lot of content, so that's why we're limiting it. But yeah, but in the future, that's where that's where you'll find out. Like, and you also get notifications on social media when new episodes go up. So there's that too. Um, and all those links are listed down below. Uh, whatever source you're watching this on. Uh, but it's also like just search all queued up on anything. You'll find us. Um, check out the Teespring store. Uh, fall's coming up. There's a lot of fall content, not for content, but fall, uh, fall wear on the Teespring store with our cartoon faces on it. Um, and, uh, all the proceeds that, that go from that go right into the podcast. And, and if you do buy something, let us know on social media. We'll give you a little, you know, retweet, a a share or whatever, and give you a thanks. Maybe you can shout you out on the podcast if you want us to. Um, if you want to watch today's live video, which Maya, you got to get on camera eventually, girl. I know, I know. Um, but head on over to our YouTube channel. That's where we'll be able to watch it. I should probably do a few. I really should do some some reviews for the YouTube channel. I've just been lazy. Well, stressed for being honest about it, but um, uh, and if you're looking for more podcasts to listen to, head on over to the Nirvana Network. That's where you'll be able to find a ton of different podcasts hosted by a bunch of different people, including us. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's an entertaining place to if you're looking for something for your commute, or let's say you drive for a living and you're looking for podcasts to listen to, go over there. Tell them we sent you. Um. That's it for my notes. Maya, where can folks find you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher. That's a public profile. And on that public profile, my Instagram and Twitter handles are linked to it. So it's your one-stop shop for everything that is me. Uh, that's where you can find me. What about you, Greg? Where can people find you? Uh, Chubb Rock Geek on all socials. Um and I'm going to start doing some more solo reviews for the YouTube channel. So go 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 give that a follow, and, and uh, you'll be able to see that. Um, also, I'm going to start doing a really good job of finding clips from the podcast that I can upload to a to a TikTok. I probably have to start a new TikTok account for that because the other one didn't get up. Nothing got uploaded for like six months, and I got a notification that the whole thing just just got dumped. Like it just it's off it's off of TikTok now. So oh uh, yeah, um, but I'll figure that out. Make sure that content gets at least at least a clip gets uploaded every week. Uh, but yeah, um, guys, thank you so much for listening again. You got four shows to watch to keep up with us, um, or you can just listen to us. That works too. So there's that. Uh, and always remember, fuck the GOP, fuck the NRA. Donate and help where you can. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.